Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we actually build worlds instead of just ranting about Marvel and Battle Angel Alita based off the roll of a 20 sided die. I'm Jordan. <laughs> and I'm Cody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, sorry. I was like, because I was like, I gave the same intro laugh. I'm like, wait, we didn't talk about worlds. Period. <laughs> we we didn't even no, talk. We, we didn't, didn't even go we like into the Alita world building of Alita. We just talked about the movie. Like we didn't even do our job. Jordan, look, that's why it's called a bonus episode. All right, everyone, if you see a bonus, we usually episode, don't talk about worlds. Just know what you're getting. You're getting into us rambling. It's basically, that's how we talk to each other before we actually start recording. Yeah, we hit record we thinking we're going to record an episode, and then we just talk like normal friends for 30 minutes or an hour. It's what happens when we don't record for yeah, two weeks. I mean, I, that's, I that's what happens that. when we're actually friends. <laughs> it's like, Anyways, so what have you been up to? Um, no, um, is there anything else you've been up to? I started watching Cowboy Bebop again. Yes! Yes, 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 yes. It's really sad, isn't it? I haven't finished it yet, so no, right now it's not very sad. Wait, which, I mean, what, what episode are you there. on? Have you got, not got up to the Vicious? Stuff? I like think I'm on episode six. Oh, okay, yeah. So, so he... Vicious just showed up for the first okay, time. Okay, yeah, so you haven't got to the, like any of the sad stuff. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. It's, I mean, the, all the episodes like, are a little bit tragic. Fifteen but and not on really. have a couple of like really sad bombs in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. But I, I'm, I'm, no, but I know it's, you've it's already like really seen it all, bad. but I'm really excited that you're watching it again. Oh, yeah. No, and okay, so check it out. I want to just absolutely say who is at fault for me getting into, like, a bunch of wastes of time. And it is absolutely Wizard and the Bruiser. Because I keep listening to episodes of Wizard of the Bruiser that's for stuff that I like. And then I'm just... Oh, shoot, I want to go back and play this game again. I want to watch this show again. I'm like, I don't have time for all this crap. Dang it. It seems so cool now. Yeah. And, you know, it seems so fun and interesting. Cause and that, that's like and the big thing about Wizard and the Bruiser, man, because they keep doing that to me. And that's how I got so into JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, because I listened to the episode and they were just so excited about it. I was like, okay, fine, I'll give it a chance. I'm like, holy crap, I love this anime. And I'm, I'm excited uh, you know for what's when funny? they... I, I started playing Fallout. Ugh. Um, well, so here's what happened, right? I wanted to play Fallout because I uh, because of an episode of Wizard of the Bruiser where they talked about Fallout. And, you know, it seems so cool. And then I started playing it, and I very quickly remembered why I don't play Fallout. Because what ended up happening was, is I was kind of playing, like, this, like, cocksure person who, you know, knew what they wanted and was not willing to put up with crap from anybody, right? So I go to the first town, and the sheriff makes some smart comment to me, and I'm just like, you suck. And he's like, say that again and I'll shoot you. And I'm like, I want you to try to shoot me. I want you to try to shoot me. Try to shoot me right now. And then he like started to draw his gun and I punched him to death. And then the town of Megaton tried to kill me. And I punched most of them to death. And then realized the game doesn't autosave. And I was like, well, the game's over. <laughs> I killed Megaton. I can't keep playing the game. Ugh, jeez, Cody. Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't really get into Fallout. It's not my type of game. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I've always been mad about Fallout. I've never played Skyrim. This Beseda, Beseda, Besada, whatever. Like they apparently make great games, but I've just eh. it's it's okay. I understand. Jordan, what else have you been into? So what I've been into a lot of stuff, Cody, because we haven't um talked for two weeks, and so as always, I end up like doing all of the stuff in the two weeks we don't talk. So let's start out with uh, the ones that are very quick to talk about. Captain Marvel, we'll probably talk about that next week. I enjoyed it. It was great. 
it's we talked about it on the bonus episode a bunch, so I won't go too further into it. Um, then in the same day, I saw How to Train Your Dragon three. Which was cute. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was I want to see that. I, 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 I really liked that it. Real bad. There was like one problem with like one of the characters just being super immature and having no character arc. But other than that, like I really liked the movie. I thought it was funny. I thought it was super cute. Um, like dragons and then fighting with weapons and having a fire sword is super cool. So I enjoyed all that. Like. I, I like dragons. <laughs> what can I say? No, I, I mean, I, I wanted to see it. I was like tossing. Oh, I saw the Lego movie too. I don't really have much to say about that other than I saw it. But it was it was a toss up whether I was going to see How to Train Your Dragon 2 or yeah. that movie. And I mean, when you get to it, so, like, it's really know. good. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So we did a double feature day where we saw Captain Marvel in the morning then saw um, How to Train Your Dragon at night. And it was it was a good day of movies. Like, they they were both very yeah. solid. No, I mean, movies. that sounds I really like enjoyed it. them. Um, and then just finished part five of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Give me your JoJo report. Yeah, we, we, we do now this do week. this every week because every week I read like a ton of JoJo's. Okay, part five, it was great. Um, the whole battle with the last villain was cool. They did like a very fan servicey thing by bringing back a character from part three, which I thought was fantastic. And then. The arc ends with the flashback. And, like, it was such a lackluster, like, just boring way to end, like, this awesome story. And they end with a flashback and this kind of, like, anecdotal story. And then just, like, show two frames of, like, the future of the arc. And then it's over. And I was like, well, that kind of sucked. I really liked everything up until that, like, flashback ending. So... We'll see what I like. The anime is still like catching up to the manga, so we'll see what the anime does for that ending. And hopefully, they won't just do the same ending because the ending did really just meh. But the rest of it was really cool. The villain King Crimson was awesome. Like I love JoJo for how absolutely absurd it can be. I can say the fact that King Crimson and Metallica fought, and Metallica and Metallica made a kid spit up razor blades. It's like what it's and it's just like like i can i can say all these it's like oh yeah and like a character turned into a turtle i can say all this stuff and it's just it's so fantastic and i just i love jojo's started part six haven't really been able to get too into it because of all the other stuff that's been going on this week with being sick and falling asleep for two hours after i go get home from work like this is the first day i didn't take a nap right after work oh huh. Yeah, I understand how being, that being, So I haven't really been reading. Like, the reason I finished part five so fast is when I was sitting waiting for the doctor to see me, I was just reading manga on my phone. So, because <laughs> I'm super cool. I'm the coolest. And then the third thing that I will get to before we get into the episode is I bought and started playing Kingdom Hearts 3. How, I will how, say, how you I don't, it so see, far? I want to kind of have Mandy, like, both. Either Mandy or have Sabrina back for an episode just to talk about Kingdom Hearts. Gameplay-wise, I love it. They've updated the gameplay a lot. They did a lot of changes that I think were necessary. The fact is they made like actually made walking a lot like you're fat you walk faster. Your movements are a lot more fluid. Um the fighting, the camera is a lot better. The one thing that I hate is this whole thing with video games now is everything has to be open world. It's not necessarily open world, but all of the map areas are huge, but it's a lot of empty space. 
Like there's oh, uh, so it's like so it's like yeah, just it's, arbitrarily it's bigger, bigger. It's huge. You can look, but then there's like nothing to do in between other than a few like random battles, and yeah, and so that right. kind of sucks. And it's so spread out that I like I barely find the treasure chests anymore. Like I've kind of given up on collecting treasures because I never find it because it's so huge. It's like I can spend an hour running around this one area, or I can actually complete this game before my life wastes away. But so gameplay wise, I think it's better to suffer. They just every game has to be so huge now, and I'm kind I'm kind of tired of that. I just I want I want I a small, what you mean. a little bit smaller of a game. But um yeah, and then the story is super convoluted. But I'm I'm enjoying it. The only thing that I don't really like is the fact that all of like well. The Disney princess levels, because not all Disney levels do this, like the Tangled World and the Frozen World just follow exactly point by point the movie. Rather, because Toy Story World, completely new story for that. Olympus, decently new story for that. Um, what I, I just, oh, Monsters Inc., new story for that, but like Tangled and Frozen were exactly beat by beat the movies. And I just. And Frozen, they even sing Let It Go and Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And I don't care oh yeah okay i see what you mean by that yeah that it's like kind of predictable and frozen was done all on the mountain like it was multiple scenes of, oh let's climb up the mountain oh we somehow got knocked down the mountain let's climb back up the mountain oh we got knocked down again let's go climb up the mountain again it's just like <laughs> do something different please i kind of heard someone talking about it where it was like the the disney worlds almost don't matter to the story no, they they're kind of like they're most of the game, no, but they're not exactly. story relevant. They're not story relevant. And also, a thing that I didn't notice until I talked to Sabrina about it is there are no Final Fantasy characters in this. It's all Kingdom Hearts Originals and Disney. Like, they took out the Final Fantasy part completely. Were there Final Fantasy yeah. characters in the like other one? Cloud Cloud, and was... um, Leon from Final Fantasy VIII. There's characters from Final Fantasy X. Waka. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, there's a was, ton okay. of Final Fantasy characters in other ones. Sephiroth. Like, there's a ton of Final Fantasy. And in this, they just cut out, like, all of the Final Fantasy and just Kingdom Hearts Originals and um, Disney. That kind of doesn't surprise me. That's always yeah. seemed clumsy to me, to, that, that they're there. It's never made any sense. And the thing that I like and hate about, like, I kind of, I find this funny now, but it's really the juxtaposition of hearing Disney characters say things like, Oh, we have to go through the corridor of darkness is hilarious to me now. Like Wood, Woody's yes, like, we have yeah. to save it's, Buzz. It's a, Let's go weird, through the corridor of darkness. And like the fact that like they are trying to steal characters' souls, like pretty much, is the whole big deal with Kingdom Hearts. It is just so weird. Disney character in Disney characters losing their souls. And Mother Gothel, Mother Gothel turning yeah, into it's, a it's monster sure because weird. she lost her soul. They, they they can say all they want that it's the power of hearts, but no, have they're you, talking about the human soul. Have you have you watched any of like the summaries of the plot of the game? No, because I've played all but one of the games. Well, two technically, and apparently the one that I you didn't watch well, two that I didn't play are like one is they're like yeah the um setup for the um special scene at the end is all from this game that was never released in america i'm like oh fun it's like oh and the one that you didn't play is the setup for this part like oh cool you you should you should watch a couple of like the polygon review or uh barry that used to be on game grumps did a summary of the story it's really funny it's it's funny for me being someone who's never doesn't understand the games at all they're extremely complicated it's it's hilarious Um, and then so yeah so i've been playing 
Kingdom Hearts like pretty constantly. I think I'm about halfway through. I just finished Frozen. Going to Pirates of the Caribbean World, which like I said earlier, completely outdated and no one cares. And it's pretty, and it's going to be pretty, and I looked for, I just looked through just to see what it's going to be like, because the Disney World's like, there's no spoilers in the Disney World's, but it's Pirate, it's just Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Like, that's just. Well, 3's not the worst movie. Well, but yeah, but it's still, it's like, there's no new story. I'm just going to be playing through Pirates of the Caribbean 3. Yeah, right. But so, so I'm not, not excited about that. But it's it's fine. And then lastly, video game wise, I beat Outlast on stream. Yeah, I just missed it. I like just got on your stream, and then it, you you were done. Yeah, I, I was, I like, was oh, playing oh, Dead oh, by oh. Daylight by the time you got off with uh, one of my um, stream regulars, Jin Gore, which was super fun. Um, gosh, Outlast. Okay, I don't. Jeez, we need to get to the episode. Oh, we did it again. But just really quick, Outlast two. There needed to be some sort of warning because I was streaming this online and there was just a close-up on a, like, actual birth of a baby. Like, just close-up bloody vagina on the screen for, like, a solid, like, five to ten seconds. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to get banned. Luckily, I was not archiving that at all. So it's just like, everybody's just like... Oh my gosh, what the heck? And one person had just got on as that scene went by and they're like, what did I just walk into? I'm like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, there needs to be some sort of warning. But the, the game, honestly, Outlast sucked. Outlast 2 sucked. I kind of hadn't heard great, because I loved Outlast 1, but I had not heard great things about the second one. No, it, it sucked. And we can, because we're so far into this, we can talk about that at a different time. Yeah, no, that's fine. But yeah, I, I, I had heard that. So that's why, because I liked 1, I had not played 2. Yeah. So but, next yeah. one I'm going to be doing on stream is Resident Evil 7. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited because I've heard many great things about it. Anywho. Cody, what was the last episode that we did? Oh, it was the it was the it was the Romeo and Juliet grocery store. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and then I did Midsummer's Night Stream in space, and it turned out better than I thought it did. So yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> uh, mine turned out worse than I thought it did, so it's okay. I mean, you didn't do too much world building, and that's why I think you feel bad about it. Like you just you said <laughs> okay, it said, you said okay, it said in the grocery store. Now let me tell the whole story. <laughs> yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong oh geez this is gonna be the longest we've ever recorded oh geez actually no it's not anime episode is still the longest we've ever recorded <laughs> that that two oh, hour George, just tell me your that story. i had to cut down to an hour 30. no oh anyways we're rolling for initiative cody oh shoot i already rolled what do you roll i rolled like 30 minutes ago what? huh i rolled a six every time i rolled a 10 i beat you with low rolls every single time I don't know how this happens. And I love how yeah, you just sorry. discounted it to me going first. You're like, yeah, go ahead, tell your story. Well, I just I yeah, I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna get into it, Jordan. Yeah, I'm excited. My talking, world because we've been talking be for an card. hour and a half. <laughs> we have. But yeah, my world might be a yellow card and it might hardly pertain to the prompt. Cody, all, but it was just build a world you want to live in. How do you do yellow cards on such simple props, you freaking idiot? I, I am a discovery writer. I find my world as I'm writing it. And sometimes like, it's not the prompt. It's just, you just had, all you had to do was write a world that you, okay, so the prompt this week is write a world that you would want to live in. It's write your dream world. No, yeah. it wasn't write your dream world. It was write the world you would want to live in. That was specifically the wording. Oh, okay. So how did you not do that? Uh, you'll find out. 
Okay, anyways, so I actually followed the prompt, and I put myself into this world as a character already. Because I hate you, Cody. How do you yellow card? I'm, I'm not, it's up to you if it's a yellow card. I'm just saying it might be. I just don't get how you're not confident with it being okay because it's such an easy prompt. Well, all you, you know, had to do was write a world and say, hey, I want to live there. Well, <laughs> like, do no. you not want to live in your world? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, my God. Okay. Here. I'm sorry. I'm giving you a hard time again. Anyways. <laughs> here's. A, I feel like I deserve it, but go ahead. Okay. I take a deep breath, put on my helmet, close the cockpit, and adjust my safety harness. Everything that we worked on so far depends on the next match. If we win against the Dingbats, our team, Midnight Red, will finally make it to the championships to face off against Silverfang. What's up? Jordan, I hate you. Why? I hate you. Is this just, like, is this this dogfighting Pokemon? Is this just dog... Are you in an academy of dogfighting pilots? This is, like... If no, you'll see. I'll just I'll tell you basically. This is if Gundam met Avatar: The Last Airbender met um Battle Royale. Yeah, that 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 seems about right. All right, go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> this is the world I want to live in, Cody. I want to fight robots using magic. I Anyways, understand. I understand. I go ahead. I take another deep breath to calm my nerves. If I am not calm, the aether will not flow through me correctly, and I will not be able to connect with my mech, the Nightmare. You need a calm body and mind to channel Aether and pilot the mech units we call Cybots. I am from the planet Lexios. We are a small satellite planet tucked between the much larger planets Majoris and Minoris, but we are home to something that no other planet has, the Mecha Sport Grand Royale. Grand Royale is the biggest form of entertainment across the universe. Everyone and their mother watches the weekly matches. Other than that, Lexios isn't the most exciting place. It isn't covered in beaches or resorts like Aurelius, it isn't the home of the galaxy's largest library like Livro, and it definitely isn't the affluent, albeit bougie, planet of Ayasgar. This area of the universe is connected by an energy called the Aether, which is the magic I use in literally all my worlds that have magic in it. I ain't sassing you. I'm just saying because I thought you were going to, that's why I'm just like, this is the magic I use every time, I'm just good at using the Aether. The Aether flows freely between the planets, moons, and stars, granting energy to power machines and energy for warp and light speed travel. Energy is required to use all machines, including the industrial, commercial, or personal machines. The Aether has always been known to flow through living beings, and this is most common on Lexios, where I grew up. Everyone has the power to channel Aether, but there are those who are, whose bodies and spirits have a stronger connection. The stronger the connection, the more that you can do with the Aether. Those individuals who have been touched by the Aether can utilize what some call magic. Magic can be used to attack, defend, support, create, or heal. A subdivision of this magic is the elemental magics. Some people can summon fire or use their magic to create electrical shock. Those who are connected to the Aether train and gain mastery through one or two of the types of magic. It is unheard of for someone to be able to master all five types. The Aether is also what powers machines. A connected mind, body, and spirit can channel the Aether for massive power. From age 6, you are sent to school to learn reading, writing, math, history, and how to properly channel your Aether. Those with a deeper connection move on to special schools that focus on Aether creation and channeling. Primary and secondary schools are used in small towns or tucked away are sorry, are usually in small towns or tucked away in the countryside, but colleges, especially those focusing 
on Aether abilities have their own special areas that are built up like cities. Lexios is a very industrial planet and has factories that pump out many materials and goods for the rest of the galaxy. Those with lighter Aether abilities work in these factories in order to make a living. The jobs can be rough, but the pay is always good. The biggest smiles you see are those on the day after payday. The factories aren't the only place people end up at. There are those who are experts in healing magics and end up working at hospitals. Other people aspire to get off Lexios and explore the stars seeking new adventure elsewhere. They grew up looking at the night sky and seeing many colorful stars and planets off in the distance. A close friend of mine, Danny, dreamed of being a pilot, staring at the colorful stars that shine even through the blue daylight sky. People like Danny use their Aether abilities to join exploration crews or the military space guard that protects the universe from terroristic threats. But not me. I trained hard to channel my Aethers so that I too could become a pilot, but a completely different type of pilot. I used my proficiency in Aether to become a Cybot pilot and participate in the Grand Royale. Other planets have host arenas for the Grand Royale, but the two most popular arenas are on Lexios. They are located just outside the major cities, Salos and Brock. The training schools also have small skirmish arenas for training in bouts against other schools, but these are not as lavish as the professional arenas. The championship finale is always held at the arena on Lexios' Lexios's orbiting moon, Abrus. Sorry, I have a lot of planet names that I completely forgot how to pronounce. <laughs> I, I understand. Naming stuff is really difficult. The yeah. championship arena hosts the largest audience stands and the most intricate battlegrounds. It has always been my dream to make it to the championships and be broadcast across the universe. And that is my first section. This is cool. This no, is like one that. of my I largest think, worlds. I think that is very Yeah, because it's the planet, the world I wanted to live in. Like, mechs that can use magic in fighting in, like, it's not war. It's just fighting in battle arenas to, like, even if I wasn't a mech pilot, I would be watching the crap out of this. <laughs> like, this is my world. This is the world I want. <laughs> All right, Jordan. You ready? Yes. I want to call yellow card as soon as possible. Let's go. All right. So uh, my world is called The Depth. I thought you didn't Subtitle. like Subtitle. I like water. I don't like sea monsters. There's a very big difference. Well, sea monsters by large parts don't exist. Anyways. Whales. The depth. We learn most by seeking, not finding. Firelight pops and crackles in the night. An old man sits on a stump, staring into the flames, dancing over the logs. He carries a cane, but it seems to be held more out of obligation than need. He is still armed. We all are. The depths are close. And you can never be too careful. There are challenges, and we grow by diving into them. All of the rest of it is a waste of time. He pauses and smiles. Well, I can see you young'uns want more of a tale than that. Yes. Yes, I do. The keen observer knows that he loves to tell stories, and this is all just theatrics. The depths is a timeless and confusing place. A place of mystery and rumor. It is dangerous, and it is dark. Now, where to begin my telling? Well, might well be that we start at the beginning. Always seems people want to talk about the beginning. So, all right, let's do it. There ain't no beginning worth talking about. Oh, my God, Cody. Maybe we all exploded into existence. Maybe we got coughed out by a celestial god. Maybe we got made by thems that are more clever than people like us. 
But honestly, who cares? It doesn't change nothing here today. The depths are real. We can all agree on that. And what's in them can help us grow and learn and learn and grow. So what I say is this. Live for right now, my friends. If you want to find something new, quest below, find challenge, and overcome it. Emerge better than you was before. Then share. Help those up here. A better life for everyone every step of the way. That's what we're making. Sharing is an important lesson to learn here, friends. Sometimes life strands you. Sometimes you become an island in the darkness of the depths. But up here, there ain't no reason to be alone. So don't be. There will be plenty of time for contemplation in the depths. But up here, we learn from each other. Each of us has a story and skills. So keep them little ears of yours open and hear mine. Hear my tale of my three crawls into the depths. That's the end of my first section. So this is the breath, but underwater. Nope, not water. Uh, the depths are... Okay, so I guess, uh, you know, I do this thing where I have these narrative bits that don't actually explain the world yeah. at all. Yeah, you do. So the depths are not um, water. The depths are a series of complicated and vaguely supernatural caverns that live... I didn't uh, say anything. Oh, you, you, you seem to slump sarcastically. Oh, no, sarcastically. I just turned my head so I could see you. <laughs> oh, it looks like a sarcastic <laughs> no. slumping. Anyways, the depths are a series of supernatural and impossible caverns that stretch beneath this civilization. They house, um, like, ancient and advanced machinery that no one really knows how it got there. Some of it's still running hundreds or thousands or one however many years old this stuff is no one really knows some of it's still running so it's kind of a combination of just a buried dumpster heap of everything impossible technologies impossible magic monsters creatures and people above land make a habit of diving into these depths to find new anything so you, you just know, made a dungeon looking for world. a relic or technology yes i, I did I mean, kind I, of I, this is very um, you and i'm excited for it i'm not saying it's bad but you just yours is a dungeon crawling world <laughs> it's part of their society to go and dive into these dungeons and pull out ancient bits of machinery or magic and then incorporate them into their society so they learn the most by claw- crawling through these dungeons and trying to find out what's underneath of them now, the weird part is, in my mind, strictly speaking, this is not a post-apocalyptic world. These dungeons are not the ruins of an ancient society. They are themselves the manifestation of mystery. Ooh, I like that. Mm. Yeah, Does I that like make it. sense? So, that's kind of the point about the beginning. There isn't one worth talking about. The point of this world is not that it exists on the grave of some other world. The point of this world is to talk about the nature of discovery and seeking a challenge. Which so, is anyways, very... I on. mean, I'm not calling a yellow card unless you straight up say I don't want to live in this world. I, mean, I wouldn't say that, but go ahead. I like your world a lot. Can you screen your put your screen down a little bit more? Oh, shoot. Sorry. All right. So here's my next section, um, which I titled... Flora and fauna, parentheses, not actually going to talk about flora or fauna. 
Because I still follow our like thing, even though for a long time we haven't actually been following our thing. No, we, we, really, we really don't, don't follow it. So, like, for guests that I want to have later on the show, I won't, like, if it falls through, I'm not going to say who, but I sent them, like, the spreadsheet, just like, hey, here's, like, the kind of, like, what we base our worlds on. And then I thought, I was like, oh, well, if we're doing the world that I think we're going to be doing, that, like, pertains in no way possible. Because <laughs> it's um the musical, <laughs> like, a world that a musical could exist in. I'm like, Oh yeah, none of this pertains. Yeah, I mean, I think I think our rule is we yeah, have four the, sections. The, I think the only it. rule that exists now is that we have four sections, and I break that half the That's time. Right. So, whatever. anyways, anyways, so yeah, this is flora and fauna, not actually talking about flora or fauna. When it all boils down, Grand Royale is a three-on-three battle sport based on old war game training. I meant to say wartime training. Anyways, Grand Royale uses large mechs called Cybots that stand tall at 16 to 18 meters. There are three types of Cybots used during a Grand Royale match. Attack, Defense, and Support. There are subcategories in each of these such as Range Attacker and Close Range Defender. Some pilots can double up on classes. This is becoming the norm these days. Attack and defense are simple concepts, but support specifically uses magic in order to buff their own team, provide environmental defense, defense using creation magic, and distract or confuse the other team. For a balanced team, most use one of each of the classes, an attacker, a defense specialist, and a support, but there are some teams that use multiple of each class. For example, Silverfing came to prominence through using three heavy attacking machines and forgetting all about support and defense. They use their agility and sheer attacking power to tear through the other team's mecha. The Grand Royale is host to many manual as well as magical weapons. Since the Cybots as a whole need a strong and steady flow of aether to work, the weapons work the same way. You get many swords, spears, shields, arrows, cannons, rifles, and automatic projectile weapons that all use channeled aether to unleash powerful attacks. Outside of that, you have manual weapons that use machined bullets or blades to attack. For example, a member of my team is a, is skilled with using magical bows that shoot lightning arrows. Grand Royale features two teams of three battling out on a pre-made arena. The council uses creation magic to create each battlefield previous to every match so that no two matches are in the same exact terrain. These can be from rocky mountainous areas to heavily forested areas. The matches are in two styles, and prior to each match, the team flips a coin to see who gets to choose each style. The first style is the King of the Hill battle, where each team starts on opposite corners of the battlefield and has to battle for control of a specific point. Usually that point is on a high ground, giving the controlling team the advantage, but I have seen matches where the exact opposite occurs. This causes chaos to ensue, which entertains the audience. King of the Hill is best 2 out of 3 15 minute games. The primary objective is to hold off the point as long as possible. You earn points based on how long your team controls that area. You can also score points by damaging the other team's machines. The team with the most points wins that game. It is only required for one member of the team to be in the point in order to score points, but the more members in the point, the more points achieved. The secondary objective is if one team completely disables the other team's mechs. The second style of match is a 3v3 deathmatch. There is no time limit and the first team to disable the other team wins. 
Most teams prefer and train for death matches, but some teams will select King of the Hill if they believe they have the advantage. Strong, communica strong team communication is required to become good at King of the Hill. There are over a hundred teams, either being sponsored by a specific school, planet, or corporation, but there are also a few independent teams. For preseason, the teams that will be chosen for the full season of Grand Royale are decided by a hundred team battle royale. This is held at the Brock Arena where every team is dropped in and battles it out for the victory. The top 32 surviving teams are then put into a tournament style bracket. The higher the rank in the battle royale, the better the placement in the tournament bracket. After the battle royale, every week is host to a new match where one team is eliminated and finally dwindles down to the semifinals and then the championships. For the last few seasons, Silverfang has dominated both the battle royale and the tournament placing, making them the team to beat. My team, Midnight Red, is made up of long range attacker and support Gabriel Matz, close range heavy attacker Magda Philstein, and finally I am a heavy close range defender. Our preferred style match is King of the Hill and my job is to hold down the point with my heavy armored mech and shield while Magda and Gabriel focus on attacking the other team. My mech is one of the heaviest mechs in the league, but in close range I am an expert of defending the point. My heavy armor and high attacking power makes my mech a nightmare to try to take out, thus its name. Midnight Red's colors are maroon and navy blue. We were the underdogs in this year's battle royale, barely making it past the first round, but we quickly gained attention from the other teams with our many victories. Silverfang needs to watch out. This year we will be victorious. And that is my second part. I I uh I like how Legend of Korra this is. This is very Legend of Korra. Yeah, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. <laughs> I don't mean that in a negative. It just is, you know. When we first talked about this idea, I said I wanted to do like a mech like thing, but I didn't want it to be about war because that's what like Gundam is all about war and everybody dies. And it's like I don't want to be in a world where I'm going to freaking die. Right. Like, no, for that's doing the, for doing the thing. So I wanted to create something and so I created the game, but then it's like I also love magic, so I created a game where you could use magic and robots at the same time. Yep. It makes sense. I like it. All right, George, you ready for <laughs> section two? Yes. Section two is called Tale One, because why not? Further and further a trail grown cold. My first time in the depths was a chase. As you know, there are many creatures and beasts and horrid things that live in the depths. The, this particular wolf I spotted was eating our livestock. I was young and fancied myself a hero. So I took up a bow and made ready to leave. It was a good chase. I followed him down into the caves that sparkled with unknown and undiscovered gems. I stalked him through labyrinth labyrinthine structures too massive to imagine. Snuck through machines still running noisily, still making something. Crawled and climbed in the dim light over factories so massive they might have well been cities themselves. The wolf knew every passage and ever led me down. I found parts of the depths that are hard to describe, shifting and ethereal. I found land, plant life, caves so massive and well lit that you'd almost think that you were outside. But every night I camped and stared at the fire, and I did not care for a single thing I saw. I learned nothing. I explored nothing. I chased and chased and chased. 
I lost all sense of anything that was not the pursuit. I no longer remembered why I was hunting the wolf. I knew it must die, and I knew I must be the one to do it. After what could have been months or years, I found my way to a tundra, bleak and cold, and still leading ever down. Freezing and buried in snow, I kept walking down into the tundra. Eventually, I saw the outline of the gigantic wolf. The closer I crept, I could see cuts and scars on its marred hide. I drew back my pneumatic hammer bow and arrow, but before I could fire, the wolf turned and ran into the swirling whiteout snow. There I was alone, frozen, the ground so hard, the great beast of a wolf left no footprints. I was left wondering what I was doing and why. Why was I hunting this wolf? What was I learning? I learned that day that you can become addicted to the hunt, to the chase. Always have a motive, a reason for your quest. Achieving great feats means nothing if you have no purpose. That's the end of my second section. Okay, so I get... So first, the one comment I wanted to say while you were talking, but I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted to say, Sif, is that you? The giant wolf from Dark Souls. (laughs) <laughs> no it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it's just the, just that like the description reminded me of poor little sif that you have to murder um but my guy doesn't end up murdering sif <laughs> the second thing is very moby well this story was very moby dick uh yeah you know i've never read moby dick but i'm aware of the general idea and yes it is kind of moby dick if he doesn't kill himself killing the wolf so yeah yeah um and then third i want to say is just that this is very the breath, but cave diving instead of um, water. Yeah, I like. Um, I mean, there's nothing difference. wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. It just there's. I mean, it is. It is. I feel like somewhat my style to have fairly nebulous and ill-defined worlds, almost as an intent. Um, I'll kind of talk about at the end what the point of this was and why I think it's different. But you know, we'll we'll get there and why you would want to live in this world um i don't know that we'll talk about it at the end we can decide at the end because that's all where the card might fall my friend (laughs) because you can clearly see why i want to live in my world yes i can yes like it's for people who don't even know me could probably see why i want to live in this world because i love this crap anywho my next section is actually the shortest one which is surprising because it's usually my longest my uh, next section is my longest so society history the only reason the cybots ever existed was for war the universe was under attack by the horde a group of robots that had gained sentience and threatened to wipe out organic life because they saw it as a disease for the universe (sighs) barry jordan i know (laughs) <laughs> i wasn't gonna human- i wasn't gonna say nothing <laughs> the humans led the charge but other organic species were right behind them the horde advanced at a rate that was much faster than mankind so the rest of the universe was at a disadvantage the only way to progress further was to find a way to use their technology combined with the aether energy that coursed through the universe of course the horde being inorganic could not access the aether through their power so mankind finally had a leg up the planet Lexios combined the Aether magic with the giant mechs built from the Horde technology to create the Cybots. Being a mostly industrial planet, Lexios strived in creating these Cybots for war. During the wartime, in order to train 
those with the power to control the mechs through Aether, the militaries utilized war game skirmishes. Within a few years of their creation, the Cybots were able to overtake the Horde ships and destroy the hive mind that controlled the aggressing robots. With the end of the war for the galaxy, the Cybots lost their use and humans and other organic species across the universe band together for a universal treaty. Yes, there are aliens in this world. <laughs> because I always just do humans. I decided, it's like, let's just throw in, it's like, say one of the team members on one of the teams is an octopus dude for no reason. <laughs> Why not? He's a squidman. Yeah, he's a squidman. It's, it's cool. Um, they decided to put the Cybots in storage until Lincoln S. Garbox found another use for them. He based the game off the wartime skirmishes and called it the Grand Royale. This caught on to the point where at first the sport aired as a reality TV show running for 12 episodes. After that, it yeah. spread out until it was the most watched sport in the entire universe. Many planets and corporations got behind this, buying or sponsoring their own teams. The magic colleges began training the youth to be able to compete in, and prospects were traded to individual teams like the old sport of football. Because football also exists in this world. <laughs> Mechs were custom made for each player, and this created the celebrity-like persona that every team has. Trading cards were made for every season, and the sport expanded beyond imagination. Grand Royale started out with just 10 teams, and finally ending up with the hundreds of teams that exist today. And that is my section. Awesome. All right, here we go. Section three. Woo! Uh, so this section is called Sorrow, the tale best left untold. Ooh, this sounds awesome. The fire has grown slow and low. The old man's face is little more than a shadow. I am old, and I have many stories to tell. Really quick. So many of what? This also reminds me of Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Don't know what that is. Um, It's a pretty long epic poem describing basically this man's journey out to sea. It's where the whole thing of um, wearing an albatross around your neck as a sign of shame comes from. Oh, interesting. Did not know that. Uh, I know okay. things. <laughs> I am old, and I have many stories to tell. So many stories of triumph and glory, of joyous days hunting treasure and seeing sights so beautiful with friends. But it is known, little ones, easy times and fond friends make for a great life. But great stories are a sad thing, with lessons at the end. This is such a sad story, and this story does have a lesson at the end. For years, I was obsessed with knowing what was at the bottom. Or maybe I was obsessed with thinking there was a bottom to find. Seemed to me that there had to be. That tundra, that impossible underworld tundra, and the wolf led, it, led me to it. There must be something after it. Don't get me wrong, I spent many happy... <laughs> I said many happy weirs, many happy years with friends, happy and perfect, explored impossible machines and found more than I can even remember. Now I found new technologies and brought them to the surface. We found how to generate heat without fire. We learned how to conduct energy through metal. We learned how to use steam to move machines. We found so many amazing and magical things. But all that time, all I thought about was that tundra and that wolf. I needed to know what was down there. I found friends and we trained. 
We built new things. We learned to store food longer. We learned to stay warm without fire. We learned to hunt as a group. And then we left. Oh, I led them down a trail of my own. Down and down, further down the trail. We eventually found the tundra, forever snowing. It was hard, but we made it. The cold is impossible to describe. We spent endless unmarked days, freezing, unable to see. But then we found something. This is going to quickly turn into the Donner Party. A horrible, wretched cave. It led forever down. It stunk of sulfur. Yeah, I know, right? It stunk of sulfur. Well, Jordan, it stunk of sulfur and burning. We all gagged and choked as we descended. This horrent, abhorrent place of grinding machines and eating earth made this a place of death. It was in the night that it struck. A creature of slime and oil, stinking and festering. It had arms and legs like claws, but little else that your mind could even comprehend. It fell on us and most of my friends died before I knew what was happening. But that thing was not ready for us. It was not ready for all that we had learned. We summoned fire and threw metal, sent electricity. We cut and ripped and hacked at that demon until finally we won. The demon left with mortal wounds, gushing foul liquids and howling. I left with no friends and climbed my way back out of the depths. And again, I asked myself, what did I learn and why did I chase so deep? The depths can be a beautiful place. So why seek the bottom? To what end? Victory? Glory? Over what? It was a waste. The depths can be a blessing. They can teach us and give us a world to discover. But never forget to know why you quest. That's the end of section three. Okay. Interesting. I just, every time you tell a world like this, I just think of how I would love to play a video game in there. <laughs> it it, like it is bre- very that kind of. The the breath was like a very like I would have loved to play a video game in that style. This is I would like to go down into the depths. <laughs> it just I don't know for some reason I keep comparing these worlds to Legend of Zelda. <laughs> like well, the, I mean, hey, the I, breath was very Wind thing. Waker. I played a lot is, of Legend of Zelda. The breath was very Wind Waker, and this just reminds me of like the style of Breath of the Wild of being able just to go everywhere yeah yeah well and yeah like i said I, there's there's stuff about it that i want to talk about at the end but we'll okay get I'm, I'm i'm excited i i like what you did so far so far all right and here is my last section teams rise other teams fall it is never the same every season of grand royale this keeps the audience interested and every person has their preferred team within the last 10 years was the rise of the team silver thing Born from the heart of Lexios, the members of Silverfang started out as an independent team with barely any money, scrapping parts from the junkyard in order to make their mechs. Their first season, Silverfang didn't even make it past the Battle Royale. Finally, Silverfang succeeded, pushing past the Battle Royale and quickly becoming hometown heroes. They pulled out a knuckle-biting victory in their second season, quickly rising to fame. After that, they got toy card and movie deals they were celebrities across the planet and and the universe and gained attention from Aisgar, the rich and affluent planet 
They were offered full sponsorship by a top Ayes Gar corporation and quickly accepted. This was the first team that Ayes Gar funded as they previously believed the sport to be below them. Some say that Silverfang sold out, that they were perfectly capable of winning on their own, but now because of Ayes Gar's help, which is really hard to say this name over and over again, they have an unfair <laughs> advantage and are unbeatable. They have garnered hate from the other teams, but year after year, they continue to win. It is almost popular to dislike Silverfang. So um, this would be pretty much like the New England Patriots. They are like the most successful team, <laughs> but among the fans of other teams, they are the most hated. So anyways, I want to take Midnight Red to the championships to knock Silverfang and Ayes Guard down a peg. Everyone in the universe sees them as gods, but I know they are just men and machines. This past season has been no different than the others, with Silverfang tearing through the competition. But this season has also kept the audience at the edge of their seats. More than half of the teams that made it past the Battle Royale are amateur teams, never having entered the full season before. This has provided new opportunities for Cybot pilots and also management crews. Despite most of the league being amateur, this has not been an easy road for Midnight Red as we have faced up against many veteran teams such as the reoccurring semifinalists Bad Mama and Axe Fiend. But we have pushed through so far making it to the semifinals against the Dingbats. Hey hey, we're the Dingbats. Oh, sorry. Anyways, that was just that was just a <laughs> random tangent that didn't need to happen in my head. <laughs> Currently, society is all about the sport of Grand Royale, especially on Lexios. Entire economies are based off the games. The merchandising, the betting, the materials used for robots and arenas, the personnel, the coaches, the broadcasting, all create jobs across the universe. Even the underground betting rings and mafias are based off the game. After the threat of the Horde, the universe has not had to worry about wars or other threats outside of the few radical and terroristic organizations that exist. But those are far off in the minds of the universe, since the Space Defense Guard protects each planet from any threat that exists. The masses don't want to worry about the issues in the government because that only brings negativity. That's why Grand Royale has become the center of attention. For the pilots of Grand Royale, they practice magic in and out of battle. To become an expert cybot pilot, you also need to be able to steady your aether flow outside the machine. Nothing will do this process for you, you need to gain the skill yourself. Of course, there are many laws against using attack magics outside of the battlefield. Players who violate this are fined and then kicked out of the league for as many seasons as it takes to learn their lesson. Recently, there have been a number of drugs circulating said to help channel Aether Flow, but these are also illegal in and outside of Grand Royale. Outside of possible Outside of the possibility of being kicked out of the league, you can also be sent to jail for some time. Grand Royale has been my life for as long as I can remember. It is a highly inclusive game, not discriminating against race, species, sex, or intelligence. Anyone, can channel, anyone who can channel Aether can join the game. Also, I wanted a super inclusive world because, like, who wants to live in a world where you everyone can't be part of the biggest thing? You know, that's like a that's a Sanderson thing. Is like all of his books have like the only some people can do magic. I'm not always a fan of it. No, it's like, like I get why that's a thing, but I just don't always like, like it. Not everybody can do magic on this level, but everybody if you can channel, if you can work on it, you can join. And that's I that's the kind of world I want to live in where it's possible for anyone to do anything. Like there's no there's 
probably is going to be some discrimination. Like, maybe Octopus Guy is, like, getting called names, but, like, he's still a pilot. He's still able to fight. He still has his own trading cards. People still love Octopus Man. Anyways. I, I think that um, I think that probably what people call him is Octopus Guy, which is probably offensive. Yeah, I should probably stop. I should, you know, his name is Jeremy. He's not just Octopus he's Guy. A mon, he's a Mon Calamari, not an Octopus Guy. No, no, right? no, no, no. He's, he, he, you're not making a Star Wars joke. His name is Jeremy. He's a great guy. He's probably one of my favorite pilots in the league. We 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 got. It's just we, he so happens. To squirt ink out of his mouth, and he likes well, eating when he gets, raw fish. When he it's gets fine. sick, he coughs, and ink goes everywhere. It's just like, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Anyways, Jeremy's a great guy, but that's beside the point. Um, Back to the story. If you are not a pilot, you could also be of use as a manager, a judge, a cybot tech, a mechanic, an engineer, designer, or even a field medic who will tend to any injuries that occur during the match or intervene if the judges deem the match has gone too far. Grand Royal has a place for everyone. I have always found my place on the battlefield. I want to take this as far as I can, and if that means beating down any team that gets in my way, I will. Not even Silverfang will stop me from my goal. And that is my world. Cool. I, just, I liked it. I, I liked it. want this to be a reality because I just... I, <laughs> I really like this kind of story, which is like, you know, fighting mechs. There was the anime IGPX, which was like fighting robots while like they racing fighting robots and it was just so fun to watch oh, it. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah it was just so ridiculous like why would you have giant mechs like fighting while they try to race to a goal and like that was one of the inspirations have you for seen making speed this. racer that's why because speed racer's awesome yeah i mean i have not seen the speed racer movie but i have seen the old animated speed racer back from like the 60s i mean i i like that show too yeah i, I have the, the first season the on dvd movie. so you know Anyways, finish. No, I liked it. It was very you. That's a very. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, no, no. It's a good. I mean, that was what this world was supposed to be. So that totally makes sense. Yeah, 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 dude. It's. It was really fun to write and like try to imagine this world and also being able to come up with Jeremy the squid guy like on the spot was fun. He's a great guy, Jordan. All right, he's not a squid guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he. All right. It's gonna be sad when we have to defeat him in the semifinal match against the Dingbats. Which their their team lead <laughs> Why is the dingbats. Their team lead is an actual bat. <laughs> <laughs> He's They're at a really strong disadvantage because their team is a squid, a bat, and one guy that's actually the team and doesn't want to admit he has no friends. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, Jordan, you ready for my last I, section? Like the thing is, when we inevitably do stories based on our worlds again, I'm definitely doing this world. <laughs> Like, hands down. Doing the story of Jeremy the Squid Guy? I mean, heck yeah. Jeremy the Squid Guy, um, Robert the Bat, and um, who's coming out? The human. (laughs) All right. Jordan, you ready for this last section? Yeah, bro. Uh, This section is called Firelight and the Demon's Prowl. It reminds me of um, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. Firelight to the Demon's Prowl. (laughs) (laughs) It's a similar story, kind of. The old man, almost actually the exact opposite message. But anyways, the old man piles more wood on the fire. His eyes grow fierce. That old spark of the most famed explorer, adventurer, and inventor come to life. Now we come to the part of the story you probably know. As you might have guessed, I failed. That demon lived. It hid, and it waited for me to grow old and slow. It had to wait a long, 
time. But years passed, and my entry into the depths slowed. But they never fully ceased. And that's how I first discovered the blight of that demon. It started with a smell. Then rips and cuts on metal. The beast that lived in the depths showed up dead and half-eaten. Even some of us went missing. That demon was hunting. Hunting this very village. I smiled in my heart and withdrew. I convinced our people to let this demon think that it owned the depths. We slowly lost ground to the presence of that creature that we knew was coming. So we prepared. That was the best year of my life. I invented such contraptions of fire. I tinkered and built and shared, and our people learned all that I knew. They were armed and trained, and we waited. Until the night our watchers heard that deep demoniac howl from the depths. The demon emerged expecting to find an old man ready for lone combat. Instead, he found us, a village of adventurers and friends ready for whatever might emerge. And that is the end of section four. Okay. So here's what I mean about this world being a yellow card. This world is not exactly a world that I would want to live in exactly. That's not what it ended up being. It is just a moral that I care about. Um, okay. So... Like, like I said, the depths are supposed to be kind of like the metaphor for, um, like, mystery and creation and discovery. And I think that there's a habit that people lose themselves in that process and in obsessing over excellence. Okay. So this old man who's telling this story was like the greatest adventurer ever. You know, he was famous for finding these parts of the depths that no one had ever found before and inventing all these great things. But at the end, it was all hollow and empty because it didn't have a purpose behind it. It was like challenging himself for challenge's sake without a purpose. So I think it's just like, this is a world I would want to live in because of that message. Okay. That... What made him able to fight this, like, kind of demon of creativity is working with other people and sharing everything he had. And instead of thinking of himself as this, like, lone adventurer, thinking of himself as part of a group of people that could help him. And that was kind of what the story was about. And that's why it's like, that's not exactly what the depth was, or the breath was, but that was sort of again why this is sort of a yellow card world yeah is it's more of like a fable that i like and less of necessarily a world i want to live in but that's just because i accidentally wrote that that being said i do really like the idea of living in a world with secret hidden buried things in caves that you can explore probably because of zelda so that like like it's it's a very dungeon crawling world and i like I like that. Yeah, that's the yeah, kind yeah. of game I like. Well, to a point, the kind of game I like to play, where you get the dungeon crawl and kind of go around. Well, I mean, like I grew up playing Ocarina of Time. I like the idea of of worlds underneath of worlds. Yes, you know what I mean. And I mean, which is why I'm and... going to be buying a Switch in Breath of the Wild soon. <laughs> you should. It's so good. Yeah, I've already I've made up my mind. I just need to do it because you know. <laughs> 
It's just it's been two years since the game came out. And I I've been wanting to play it ever since it came out. But yeah, I I like your world. Yeah, I will I, agree I to a point that it was a yellow card because you didn't really follow the prompt like you said. But I I appreciate <laughs> what you did with it. I really liked the movie as well. Not movie. Sorry, this the world as a whole. Um, but yeah, yep. no, I, I liked what you did, and I'm excited to see what i'm just tired now <laughs> excited to see what Jordan, comes next we, you just gotta roll the next i know world. man we've been doing this for so i know long. <laughs> it's partially my fault for thinking that we could pull like because we did the elite stuff then we got tied into marvel and then i just went straight into talking about more stuff um <laughs> okay never again i rolled stories we're not doing that <laughs> Oh, and this is one that we just put on the list, and this is going to be a very, very interesting one. I rolled a nat 20. World you go to when Uh you die. Oh, great. It's the depth. It's the depth, Jordan. Jordan, the world you go to when you die is depth. All of my worlds are perfect. I was going to say, it's like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour just explaining what the void is. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, utter blackness. Cody, do your first... Yeah, right. I was gonna say, like, Jordan, do your first section. You just sit there in total silence. <laughs> it's, just, like, oh. it's just silence. It just sit there. Okay, I'm done. It's like that's all. Yep. <laughs> okay, Cody. Let's do plugs and then let's get the heck out of here. Jordan, you should really listen to the Wandering Gamer Network. It's a podcast I do with my friends. Also, I mean, We're I recommended this on the sometimes. last episode that I did with Sabrina, but actually, people who are getting into RP gaming and stuff, please check out Gamer Noob. It's actually very helpful some of the stuff that you talk about the cohesive team episodes darn right it is Jordan. I, I really i'm insightful i really enjoyed the cohesive team episodes that i just listened to um so that will help in the next few times i play D D with my group so thank you but yeah no i really really appreciate gamer noob if you're new to rp gaming definitely check it out um and then if you like listening to actual plays check those out as well um, the thing that I want to plug, not just your stuff, is you can check me out at something, I guess, zero zero at twitch.tv, where I stream every Sunday around six. Apparently, you also just stream live births every oh, Sunday dude, that around was such six. But yeah, so I just finished Outlast 2, and we'll probably talk about that next week when we have more time, but dear God, that game sucked. But I am super excited because I am starting Resident Evil 7 and I've heard nothing but good things about that game. So, anywho, um, those are the two things you can check us out on. And yeah, bye. Bye.